What's going on, Niner fam? This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. It is your boy Peter Lucas, first show of the week. And it's another another Monday, another day of the off season. But before before we get to anything, you know, you know, you gotta you you can't wait to hear the music. Ladies and gentlemen, I like to know. Are you ready for start time? And once again, this is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast, and thank you guys for joining. People already popping in. Hey, what's going on to Bebop Jones? Yo, yo, yo. And uh, Damien, as always, love to have you through coming through, fam. Like, But like I said, it's another Monday, another Monday of the offseason, but uh, 40, the NFL never stops, and you know the 49er news cycle seems to never end. So, So here we are. And like I said, first show of the week, but over the weekend we had, uh, it was, it was April fool's day. And I think, uh, our boy JT O'Sullivan over at the QB school got us all, he had us all hyped up to see a video of him and uh, Shani. And then it turned out he was the, he was Shani. <laughs> but before we get to, before we get to the main, the main title of this podcast, I wanna I wanna talk about oh what's going on TL TL's in the house appreciate you coming through fam like uh but before we get to that we gotta get through the the you know the tedious news the tedious news today that uh you know Brock Purdy is on pace to be throwing in a few months is what they're saying. People are speculating it's about like three months, but uh, the reality is, is it? I think this is going to play out just like a lot of us have been saying, which he's probably not going to be ready for week one. That's that's just what that's my gut telling me that I think that he is not he is not going to be ready for week one. It's going to be Trey Lance's job to begin the season because I don't even put I don't even p- put uh, Darnold in the equation. I don't think that he's going to be good enough to overtake. Uh, overtake a guy that's been in the system for two years and knows the playbook uh, like like Trey Lance. So I, I'm supremely confident in Trey Lance's ability. If you haven't been if you haven't watched my show before, uh, just know that like that, uh, that. Yeah, I am supremely confident in the uh, ability and his and what he's got going for him. I think that given the right playbook and given the right play calls, I think that Lance can do anything. But as far as Purdy goes. I mean, yeah, it it is what it is. I know that people want him to be the guy just because there's many factors. There's many factors. And let's be real. The man played well. He played well. You cannot hate. You cannot hate on what Brock Purdy did. But with all the men, and once again, I'm going to say it again, and I've said it on prior shows. If, If you have all the measurables like Trey Lance does, 
And that's not to say he's going to be the best quarterback, the better of the two quarterbacks. But when you have all the measurables like Trey Lance does, you should get every opportunity to take that job, to have that job, because that is a guy that has all the measurables is a guy that if he can get the parts that Brock Purdy gives you, which is the anticipation, the the throwing, the throwing on time, like uh, the trusting in what he sees, the reads, if he can get that part down and just trusting what he sees and letting it rip, if he can get that part down, his measurables will take over the rest. I mean, it's not even close. He just has to get that part down. Because I think at that point, once he shows that talent and the leadership part will come, the leadership, the, the leader in the clubhouse, all that that kind of stuff, that's going to come. Because I think this kid has a, has a great personality. I think the players do like him. They just want the best person to see. They want the best person at quarterback that can drive this offense the best. And up to this point, it had been Brock. Now, we don't know because Trey Lance didn't get a chance. It hasn't gotten a real a real chance because he got he really got hurt too soon to even see. But don't think he hasn't been working. Uh like I saw him and Quincy Avery like working have uh, been working in the offseason. I think that this kid is working his behind off to get where he needs to be. I think that we're we're going to see a different type of lance when we get even as soon as OTAs. So be ready. Be ready. But as far as Brock goes, he's got th- they they said he has a few months before he can even throw the ball. And I mean, more power to Brock. I I hope the best. I wish the best for that kid because he like I said, he showed us the best version of Shanny's offense since Matt Ryan. And you can't uh, like I love the situation that we have two of them. We have two people that can run this offense on the that's the way I look at it. We have two people that can run this offense. Darnold is just an afterthought to me. So, um, yeah. But that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about Brock Purdy, and we're not here to talk about even Trey Lance. I mean, to a point, we are here to talk about them. But the reality is this. I named this I named this, uh, this episode Ether for a reason. And any anybody that's followed hip-hop over the years knows what Ether means. It means that, like I said earlier, is that JTO Sullivan and uh, his Q, shout out to QB School. Uh, go make sure you give that guy a subscribe because it is great content. Uh, make sure that uh, that you give him a follow on Twitter. But JTO Sullivan got on on April on uh, April Fool's Day and and put out a self kind of a self interview. It was technic. It was a interview with Kyle Shanahan but it was really he was the other he was Shanny he was playing Shanny and it was a great it was it was really supremely done uh but in that in that interview that interview it was just amazing <laughs> it was he has such good uh like a I will say this. He has such good one-liners and uh, really just kept it light throughout. But there was a couple of times where I was like, Ooh, he got a little personal. I mean, I felt the, I felt the jab in my, in Shannon's soul. I, he had to, he had to catch some feelings. I'm sure that he saw 
I'm sure they, or somebody told him about it. Uh, but the really the interesting part of that, the that thing that got me wanting to make an episode about it was first off, I didn't see that many people talking about it, and I'm sure that there were, but uh, I only saw like three or four people in Niners Twitter even talking about it. They weren't even wanted to mention it. I saw a p- couple of people get upset, <laughs> get upset of and basically say like, "Who is JT O'Sullivan?" <laughs> but the reality is this: is the man was speaking truth and and maybe it's because he said a lot of the things that that i've said in past shows about shanny and that it's nice to know that somebody else agrees (laughs) with what i'm seeing and it's we love shanny as a coach i love shanny as a coach i love the culture that he brings i've said it over and over again on my shows but what i will say about shanny is we've all talked about his ego we've all talked about uh ad nauseum about him not protecting his quarterbacks. And and Shanny had the nerve to get in front of in front of the get upset when somebody actually asked him the question about that and said that it's common sense that uh like uh what they were running and that they had ran it before and that's all true. But just because you ran it before and it didn't get the quarterback hurt doesn't mean that you weren't like uh, it's like playing Russian roulette. You're you're eventually you're going to come to the bullet. <laughs> so it's you've got. And uh, TL says Nas gave J. I will say this. I I loved Ether, but I like the takeover. <laughs> I, I'm a takeover guy. I'm a J fan. Like uh, I like Nas. I like Nas. But if I had to pick between the two. Uh yeah, I'm I'm a J guy. Like uh, but but yeah, I, I feel you, TL. Like he did come through on Ether. You can't really argue, but takeover, he had a couple of lines that kind of I mean, it wasn't fake tough guy stuff like Nas was saying to to me, but to to each their own, you know. But back to the <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled program. This 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 is the thing about Kyle. He just, he, the ego is so huge that he can't even recognize that there might've been something that he could have done better to keep his guys from getting hurt. And I talked on a previous show and I even named it, you know, risk or reward. And I've, I felt for a long time that Shani's offense is, is based on risk and reward. He's willing to risk his quarterbacks for those big plays. He he just is. And he's going to blame the quarterback for not making the read, not stepping up in the pocket, not getting the ball out on time rather than him knowing that this isn't this this is an opportunity to like he could put something else in place. He doesn't even have to change the formation. He just needed to put something else in place to to uh to protect his quarterback and i think that jt did an outstanding job of showing that on tape of just showing little things that they could have done to protect his quarterbacks and it's and i honestly after the whole after the whole uh brock purdy getting injured and everything and all of the quarterbacks going down i honestly i didn't 
even blame Shani initially because I kind of agreed that Brock could have, could have, uh, he could have stepped up. He could have got the ball out earlier. He was supposed to get it out earlier. Let's just be real. But this is the thing. Football's not perfect. <laughs> Football's not perfect. Things aren't always going to play out exactly the way that they're supposed to. And that's why I thought that the JT video was so good was because it kind of highlighted the fact that there's, it's not just the play call from, from Shanny that was really like that he could have done more, but it was execution issues. Also, there was execution issues there also, which is even more reason because you're dealing with human beings and because you're dealing with players that aren't perfect and they're not going to get it exactly the way the coach drew it up all the time is even more reason to put an added layer of protection in there for your quarterback. Because when you're, when you're, tr when you're trusting in people and a lot of the, a lot of the video that I saw with the JT video was, I mean, he's trusting in rookie, a rookie right guard. He's trusting in a center that has that. This is his first year starting. And this is the second game in <laughs> like uh, he's trusting in these players that really, I mean, he hasn't seen it. So it would be one thing if he had, if all across, they had a, this great offensive line and the, and it was, and it was just, it was undoubtedly that they could run that. But I don't think he, he I mean, all he had to go off of was practice, but he had never seen it in the game. So my, my whole, my, my, th and I'm, I'm talking about the Trey Lance, uh, port, uh, injury now. I'm sorry. I, I skipped kind of back to the Trey Lance injury, but, uh, when he's, when that, uh, the one that Trey Lance got hurt on, uh, yeah, the right guard missed the block. Like, I mean, the, that, uh, I can't even remember what technique he was. I think it was a four eye is what uh, JT called it. Said, uh, like he kind of blew up the play from the beginning. But he showed in the video that they could have, he could have used the center to kind of double team and then break off and double team another guy. And that would have helped out a, a whole lot. He didn't, they didn't even have to do much. It was just two small things that would have probably kept Trey clean on that. And, but Instead of, you know, taking some ownership on that situation, because, you know, Kyle saw that there's no way that he didn't see it. And instead of doing that, taking some ownership, taking some pressure off of your players, he says, I mean, he's got he's got to read it like, uh, I mean, he's got to do the he's putting it on his quarterbacks. He's got to read it. He's got to step up. He's got to hit the throw faster. He's not going to take response and he didn't take any responsibility in my opinion on, on that. And I think that's what JT kind of called him out for. And as us as 49er fans, it's not like this is an opportunity for us to just say, Oh, like you're a shanty hater. <laughs> that this, that's not what this is about. <laughs> that's not what this is about. This is about wanting Kyle. And I've said this over and over again, wanting Kyle to be better. I I love Kyle Shanahan as a coach. I like uh, I don't want him going anywhere. All I want is for him to button up the little issues that he has because I feel like he could be a great coach if he could just button up these few issues. And it's but I but accountability has to happen before he can even fix anything 
because if he doesn't think that he did anything, that there could be anything could be fixed, he's going to keep doing the same things. So you have to recognize your faults in order to get to get that to get a better outcome, if that makes sense. So I I don't know. I thought that the JT video was great and it uh, it really kind of highlighted some some flaws in Shani's system and not some just some flaws in his system, but but it it noted some flaws in some just technical issues as far as you know even he didn't even show Trent Trent uh, messed up on a play like our all world and he called it out like ten times all world <laughs> but you got Trent uh, messing up you've got Burford messing up. You've got Debo messing up multiple times and not running the the right route out of the uh, the right routes out of the out of the backfield, and which he made a great point in that Debo might because he's not a running back, he's a wide receiver. Debo might not have known what to do in some of those situations and being the hot the hot receiver for uh, for Jimmy to get the ball out or for for Brock to get the ball out. He did he doesn't know that. Like, uh, because he's not a, and who knows, who knows what Shanny is teaching those guys. Maybe he just had a brain fart and didn't even, and just forgot who knows. But the reality is, is that, that those were mistakes and that were not mentioned <laughs> that nobody mentioned. That was the first time I'd ever heard that, uh, that take on that. And it's, uh, and even by the, the tape guys, you know, it's, that was the first time I had heard that, but I thought it was, I thought it was an outstanding video, but my question to myself and to all of you in the chat, maybe if anybody's still out there, like, uh, let me know in the chat. Did you think that criticism was fair by JT? Because I thought it was extremely fair. I think that a lot of people give Shani credit all the time when things go, when things go great. Well, when Brock was dealing, I mean, Oh, look, Shanny just, oh, he is just, he, I mean, he can make any quarterback good. Like, uh, oh, he is just a genius and like all the other stuff. Like, uh, but before that, when he had Jimmy Garoppolo and they were struggling to score points, uh, Trey Lance, like, and he's had others that, that when they were trying, when they were struggling to score points, nobody seems to give Shanny the, especially not the, the media doesn't seem to give Shanny the the any of the blame. He doesn't shoulder anything, and he never says anything about him getting the blame. So I wonder, do you think? Does anybody out there think that the criticism was fair? Uh, but so let me know in the chat if you guys are still out there. But the does my other question is is does Kyle need to loosen the reins on his QB? This is a question that I've had for going on a couple of years now. Uh, I made a comment on some of my first shows that, that I feel Kyle is very strict as far as I, I always wondered with Jimmy G was he just directed to go to a certain guy. And that's why he held the ball so long. A lot of the time he was afraid. And when it wasn't there, he didn't want to throw the pick. So he would just hold on, hold on, get all jittery, and then, and then end up just doing nothing. 
throwing the like uh, almost throwing a pick, throwing uh, throwing the ball inaccurately, like over the head of somebody, whatever the case was. But that it could that be the reason why Jimmy looked so erratic at times, and because it wasn't all the time. Sometimes he would move the offense; it would be smooth and all that. But there was there was all there's every like uh, there was a whole bunch of times when Jimmy just felt like it looked like Jimmy just didn't want to go to the first read. And either it wasn't that he didn't think it was there or whatever the case was, but Kyle would look frustrated. And I just feel that Kyle needs to let these guys play. You, you called the play you've, you've, uh, you've practiced with these guys. You have to have trust in your player. You have to have trust in your player to get the job done that you guys have written up the game plan for now and trust in his ability to read what is in front of him to make the right decisions. But you can't be in his ear telling him you've got to throw it to this guy right now, right at this moment. And if it, and when they miss it, now they don't know where to go. In my opinion, that's just that's not good coaching. Uh, like it's not, it's, it's not, uh, it's actually not even coaching. I think that's just, that's kind of a totalitarian, like, uh, outlook on the whole thing. But, uh, TL says too many people love Kyle so much that they feel he's above reproach. He makes mistakes as well. Absolutely. Like, I mean, because obviously he's not perfect. Otherwise we'd have multiple Super Bowls by now. And people will say, well, we had Jimmy G at quarterback. Okay. Well, Jimmy G was good enough to we we were good enough to get there. And then for whatever reason you want to blame Jimmy G, I still think that Kyle could have ran the ball uh in those and I saw some tweet today about about the about the what was it saying that they ran they started running eight men in the box and they were only averaging 1.8 yards a carry on those on those defensive like the Chiefs were look it doesn't matter. They could have averaged 1.8. They needed to run the clock. They needed to stop throwing the ball. They needed to run the clock. So it doesn't matter how many yards they got. Like they could have ran the ball twice and at least made them get rid of their of their timeouts. And that that's the way I look at that at that Super Bowl. I think it was a missed opportunity and it may not have worked. But I mean, let's let's play devil's advocate. It might not have worked. But I would say that there was a much better chance than giving the ball, handing the ball to Jimmy G and telling him to go cook. <laughs> and granted, a one or two of those, he audibled out into a pass. But at the same time, there was, it still was, Shan, it still, Shani didn't look upset about it. <laughs> Shani didn't, didn't say anything about, about, oh, well, he should have, he shouldn't have done this or he shouldn't have done no, there's no, once again, no accountability. So this is the thing. Shanny is a really good coach. I will not call him great until he gets a Super Bowl. Because I think that you can't be a great coach until you get one. And now there's all kinds of factors that go into that. But you have to have it. You can't be great and you haven't won. That's, that's, uh, that's ridiculous that's a ridiculous mentality uh, like i know that that this is the participation trophy era but no we don't give in foot it's football we don't give uh, participation trophies for uh for football for nfl you don't get to be great until you've got that ring so 
I he's he's a very good coach. I feel like great leader. Of, I think he's a great leader of men. I don't understand people saying that he's not a leader of men. Uh, I think that he's put a great culture in place, but you've got to take responsibility and accountability for uh, for some of this stuff. Like that's you've got to as the head coach take some of that pressure off of your players, and uh, oh yeah, TL said uh, people mad at Mostert because of his comments too. Yeah, this this is the thing. Mostert, I mean, we know that's a little bit of sour grapes, but he's right. Uh, no matter what the reasoning for Mostert's comments, he was right. Just for the reason, exact reasons why I just said, put out there, is that if they'd ran, ran the ball, it doesn't matter that they got 1.8 yards of carry with eight guys in the box. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's about running the clock out. I mean, how many minutes did they? They were up by 10. Like uh, it, it's, it, it doesn't, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go all the way down the rabbit hole about that. This, this show is really about this JT video and how it highlighted the fact that Shani is not perfect. He's not a great coach yet. He's a good coach, but these are some of the things that he needs to button up and he needs to fix. He needs to fix these things. And I think that, I think that he will. With this, uh, I think that JT probably did the best possible thing for him, which is put him on blast. Because now, Shani has to go into prove you wrong mode. And that is going to, it's going to be key for him to show that he can get this done without injuring another quarterback. Now, who knows if he will welcome that challenge or if he'll just brush it off and let his ego take over. Like, who knows? But I will say this. When he's had his back against the wall, that's usually the best Shani, the best version of Shani. Is when he has his back against the wall, he usually comes through with flying with flying colors. When when they went three and five, guess what? They went on like an eight or nine game winning streak. <laughs> like last year, they lose two quarterbacks. They they, they play some of the best football we've seen under Shani. Like uh, and he did what he he gets. He gets uh, CMC, and people compl were complaining before that about him not throwing balls to the running backs, not using his running backs enough. What does he do? He, I mean, he basically makes CMC the whole offense. <laughs> and it, it's just, it, it's really, it's really, it's really uh, like uh, this could be the best thing for him. And I think if we look uh, starting into the next season, if they come out hot. And they start buttoning up some of these things, and the protection looks good. Like we may be able to point back to this moment. We may be able to point back to this moment and say, "Hey, maybe JT deserves a, a coaching spot on his staff." <laughs> like maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe this was JT's way of getting his foot in the door into the league. <laughs> Who knows? But TL says. Uh, it's funny you say that. I had the same sentiment about Kyle being great, and fans tell me there are great players that haven't won Super Bowl. So why is it the same for coaches? Because it's not. <laughs> because it's not. The the it's it's really simple. Like uh, the player is responsible for their part, their part doing their job. 
That's why they can be great. There, there are eleven guys. There, uh, there are eleven guys on on one side of the ball. That means that they're one part of a team. The head coach is the orchestrator. He's in charge of managing the process and making sure everything fits together perfectly, which means he is directly responsible for the uh, for the outcome of of the game and for the for the team. That's why. That's why we have to keep it in perspective. We have to keep it in perspective and understand you can't blame one player, even if it's the quarterback, because get get what happens if the offensive line doesn't block. Quarterback ain't doing nothing. Quarterback ain't doing nothing if the if the offensive line's not blocking. If they can't get if the running back's not getting any yards, guess how hard it is going to be for the quarterback to get to get uh when they he knows that when the defense knows that he has to pass the ball, how hard is it going to be for him to get those passes off when they know he's going to pass the ball? How how hard is it going to be for that quarterback to play if his court if his receivers aren't catching the ball? So players need other players to play well, to be, to be great. Like uh, they, and like, uh, but the coach directly affects all of that, all of that. He's the one that puts the practice together. He's the one that installs the offense. He's the one that, uh, that oversees the defense. He's the one that oversees all of it. Now, Shannon, not a defensive guy, but he still oversees all of it. Uh, D'Amico worked for him, not the other way around. So it's that's why. That's why. And uh, like, and, and TL says, I appreciate you, man. Says fact. Like, I mean, this this is the thing. It's not about dunking on people, and it's not about it's not about the saying, "Oh, I'm right, I'm right, and you're wrong about this." Uh, like, it's really about we're 49er fans. We're 49er fans, and we want the best for our team. We want to get over this hump. In order for us to get over this hump, Shani has to find ways to get better. And the in order for him to get better, he has to take these criticisms, and he has to pivot. So now he's going to have to go back and say, hey, maybe there is something that I'm just not seeing that I have to be willing. I have to be willing to go back and look and see what I can do better. Maybe I'm not. I'm, maybe I am doing Trey a disservice by not by by not giving him the same game plan as as Brock and and Jimmy had. Maybe that's maybe that's a key. Like it's a whole bunch of things because he's not perfect. <laughs> because nobody's perfect. Even Andy Reid that just won a Super Bowl, he ain't perfect either. Like, uh, and he had to go through a whole bunch of stuff to get where he is today. And do a whole bunch of pivoting, do a whole bunch of fixing his style. So everybody has to live and learn. Everybody. There's no person on this planet that is perfect and that can just out the box make all the right decisions at all every time. It's not possible. So, but with uh there is one more part of this that I did want to mention. We talked about the risk and the reward. Oh, this is the this. This is going to set you guys on fire, and I hope that you guys all talk about this on Twitter. So what happens? What happens if Jimmy G looks good for the Raiders after coming off the 49ers and he looked so jittery and so 
like out of sorts at times and and we all said that he's that he wasn't good enough but what if he comes out really good in the Raiders offense what happens then I wonder and what happens if the 49ers don't come out fast and Trey doesn't look necessarily like good coming out out the gate what is the conversation at that point because I'm telling you right now that could that could be a potential like atom bomb to to Shani's ego and to how it'll be how because you know immediately the media will jump all over that and and make it all about well Shani was holding Jimmy back that's what the new narrative will be and so I just wonder anybody is if anybody's still out there. Like uh, in the chat, let me know in the chat, what do you think happens if Jimmy G looks good for the Raiders and and whoever starts for the 49ers struggles? And they don't even have to struggle if Jimmy G just looks good. Honestly, it's going to be a conversation that maybe Shandy isn't. It didn't. It He wasn't a genius by turning Jimmy G into a decent, manageable quarterback. Maybe it was Jimmy G the whole time. and. It's going to be it. Oh my God. I'm almost, I'm almost rooting for it because I want to see Twitter burn to the ground. <laughs> now that Elon's taken over, I, I want to see all the chaos. So, uh, yeah, like it, it doesn't mean, and Bebop says it means nothing. Like, uh, and Brock, and Brock proved that. Like, you know what? He, he did to a point. He did to a point. He uh, like he did. Brock might have just been a good quarter, might just been a good quarterback. Who's to say that he's not? And it's uh, yeah, exactly. To <laughs> uh, to says the the media and Jimmy Truthers will be overkill with how we made a mistake and how we should have never let Jimmy get away. You know that's what's going to happen. It's not. It's not even a question. So I. While I don't want to see it because I don't want to, I don't want to see it all over my timeline. I do kind of want to see people's heads kind of implode, <laughs> like <laughs> because people just run with these narratives so quick, so quick, and it's just it's all a bunch a bunch of media nonsense. Most of it, if when you break down the football, the 49ers are going to have a way better team than the Raiders. They're gonna have a way better team, and no matter if Jimmy looks good or not, they're not gonna. Raiders aren't doing anything in their division. It's not. It doesn't matter. Like I, I will say this. I agree with Bebop in the fact that that part means absolutely nothing. I'm just talk. I'm just talking about. I just want to see the. I just want to see the chaos because I don't think it means anything. But I, what I do think is that it goes back to my original point of of was Kyle is Kyle does Kyle need to loosen the reins on his guys that's all and I think that that might that the pressure from the media might help him out in that in that just a little bit even though he hates being pressured and and answering question questions he does seem to react and fix things as he gets as he gets kind of questioned so uh, like uh, I don't, I kind of almost welcome the criticism for Shani, and 
If nobody believes me, just look at what happened when they were losing. All of a sudden, they pivoted, and he started doing the thing, doing things that we all were begging him to do. So don't uh, like uh, don't think that it can't happen. That's all. And yeah, and Bebop says it's inevitable news. Just glad. So yeah, we we're all happy. Like uh, that, that whole thing is is over and done with. But it's never over, Bebop. It's never over because as long as Jimmy is playing and uh, starting for a team, it's going to be a story. So that's unfortunate. But with that being said, I'm going to get out of here. I appreciate all you guys coming in. It was a great chat today. Like, uh, thanks TL for coming through, Bebop, Damien. I saw you come through, fam. I appreciate you. But. Make sure that you give this video a like. Make sure that you give me a subscribe. Let's get me to 300. Uh, I'm at about 280 right now. Let's get me to 300. And and then make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend so we can be friends every day and every week. And make sure that you give me a follow on, on uh, Twitter. I'm also on Facebook. I am also on Instagram. I am... Also, wherever you can find your audio podcast, feel free. If you don't want to look at my grill, then make sure that you go on to and find me on your on whatever audio podcast that you listen to. And uh, I'll be there, too. I don't care where you get it. Just get it. But with that being said, we going to get out of here. I pre Once again, I appreciate all you guys coming through. But go Niners. <laughs>